For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in the third and final hour here on Friday the 13th. And we are joined now by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor-at-Large Shane Burgo. Good morning, Councilors. How are you? Morning, Tim. How's it going, Tim? Doing doing all right. So before we get into all the discussion of the council business, I'm going to ask each of you, I'll start with you, Council President Morad. Are you superstitious here on Friday the 13th? Do you have any superstitions? Nope, I don't. Absolutely not. And I've been out a couple times today. Um, nothing's fallen on my head. No black cats have passed me. On. I think I'm doing all right for 809. All right. Not yet, though, right? That's what, that's what I always say. Not yet. <laughs> I, I, I'm very superstitious, I suppose. And I actually completely forgot that today was Friday the 13th until you mentioned it. So now you I wish you had backed out of this interview. Yeah, right. So now I'm worried about how this will go. Are you superstitious, Tim? Um, not really, uh, but I do have a few weird things. I, I don't, you know, I don't step on a crack on the, on the sidewalk if I can help it. Um, and I very weirdly, I can't leave the volume on any, you know, or, or I can't do anything that with a number that ends in three unless it's 33. Cause that was Larry Bird or 23. Cause that was Michael Jordan. But any other three, it's like very weird. I can't, I can't leave it on there. You men are crazy. I don't know if it's superstition <laughs> or obsessive compulsive disorder, but it's one of the two. It's got to be a balance, right? Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's let's talk about some of the the council business that's been going on. So, last night there was a meeting, uh, and you know, not a lot on the agenda, Council President Morad. But there was more discussion about the the Goodyear site for the new Duval element, Duval's Elementary School, and also uh, more talk about the CIP loan order, which you know, as as we know, is eight million dollars that needs to get approved for things like repairing the city's roads. Um, yep, uh, 7650000 to be exact, and it, it did pass last night, uh, which was good. It was actually a unanimous vote last night, so um, the city should be able to move forward now to uh, utilize those funds for the projects that they were designated at. And uh, there really wasn't much discussion on the Goodyear site. The appraisal is in. Um, you know, those need to be, the order of taking was in front of us. There'll need to be an appropriation 
uh, for the amount that is finally negotiated. Uh, the appraisal came in at $3 million six. I haven't seen the appraisal yet. I've asked for it a couple times. Uh, hopefully it'll be sent to me, and then I can share it with my colleagues. But the only other thing that was really interesting last night, I want to talk about the licensing board later, Tim, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we had public hearings last night, like we always have public hearings for NSTAR, Comcast, and Verizon. And uh, we had lively discussions on the... Um, on the uh, public hearings last night, which was good because the, the council uh, takes seriously whenever anybody's trying to disturb the roadway and or the sidewalk areas in the city. And uh, all my colleagues were engaged in those public hearings. And we actually had public input uh, both for the uh, Johnny K. Kill and for the Union Street projects. Council Virgo? Yeah, uh, you know, I would agree with that. I think uh, I, I'm always very... Um you know, glad when uh, a resident comes in to voice their concerns, and then that way we are better, you know, informed and are able to then alter or add into, uh, you know, some support system. So, in, you know, in the case of, um, oh, I forget the, I think it's Parker Street, and uh, I forget what location for Verizon, but and making sure that there's more police support around there, that there's a traffic plan put in place, uh, so there's a, a, the least amount of disruption for the neighborhood as possible. Um, so I always welcome that. You know, I think a lot of people aren't aware of the public hearing option uh, when it comes to these, you know, situations when Verizon or Comcast or NSTAR comes in to dig up a street or fix a pole um, and how that might disrupt their life. If they come to the council and let us know what's going on, we're able to then uh, add in those support systems to try to make sure that there's the least amount of disruption as possible. No, instead what happens is, you know, the local businesses go on social media and complain, hey, nobody told us this was going to happen. And then you have to say to them, well, there were public hearings about it. And also they put out the construction report every week. Like you, there were there were ways to know about it. You just didn't pay attention to those ways. Yeah, but unfortunately, people don't like to hear that. But that is true. I mean, uh, there's a lot of communication about that type of stuff. And when we do really major projects, um, you know, we've gotten in the habit of having our Department of Public Infrastructure actually drop notices on the door in the doorways of the people whose homes are going to be affected so that, you know, they're aware because a lot of people are leaving or coming back at odd times of the day and they need to be aware that they can or cannot access their own property. Uh, Council President Moore, you mentioned the licensing board. And uh, we got word this week that there's going to be a special meeting of the licensing board with a public hearing regarding a potential extension of that November 1st implementation of the nip bottle ban. So this is going to be happening on Wednesday, October 25th at the Fort Tabor Community Center. And the release from the city on this or from the licensing board doesn't mention any like time period of what that might be. Do you have any idea of how long this extension might be that they're looking for? Is that going to be part of the discussion on the 25th? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but what's, what's wonderful about this is they've actually opened the issue again. As you know, the council held a pretty large meeting in our appointments and briefings a week and a half ago, and there were several motions that were made, one of them including asking them to reconsider moving the date. And uh, the testimony that we got from the business owners, several of them said, you know, they buy bulk inventory because obviously it's cheaper. And, um, you know, they felt that for them to be able to exhaust their um, inventory without sustaining any losses or having to cut the price, you know, at a fire sale cost, you know, they would need six, nine, 12 months to get rid of that inventory. So uh, hopefully the licensing board will listen to what the business owners have to say. 
November 1st is not realistic. Um, you know, I think it will be a great victory if they move off of that date and hopefully they'll move far enough away from that date that they won't harm the business owners in the city. Now, Councilor Burgo, you, I know you agree. Yeah, I was, I was going to say I was glad that, uh, you know, we were able to amend that date. Again, uh, there's some gray area as to, you know, what authority we actually have as a council to enforce that. Um, you know, I just I had mentioned during the the you know meeting that we had uh, for appointments and briefing that, you know, when we had the plastic bag ban, um, they were giving you know ample time. I think over years, obviously, it happened. I think the you know in between you know COVID years, um, so I think there was more another extension given to businesses to offload their plastic bags that they had uh, before the ban. I'm just not sure why that same courtesy wasn't extended to these businesses where, you know, and, and how I look at it, those plastic bags weren't, you know, uh, weren't hurting any profit margins, but these NIPs, uh, you know, someone had brought in examples. Because obviously when we think of the NIPs, we think of those tiny little plastic bottles, but uh, someone had brought in, um, you know, all the different products that are affected by this NIP ban because of their size, um, you know, the popsicle things and, all these, which I didn't even know existed, a lot of the items that the, uh, the woman who works at a, a liquor store, one of our local liquor stores, showed us all the different items that are affected by this NIP ban. Um, so you can imagine the, the amount of product, I think it was like $6 million worth of products um, that are just now going to have to be thrown away because you can't really resell them to another distributor or sell them back. Um, and the fact that we're not willing to, you know, given the situation where the, you know, the liquor stores and even some elected officials uh, weren't even allowed to speak uh, because they, you know, didn't give enough time for public uh, comment and then rushed to this date. I, I'm just not sure why, you know, the date was set so soon and wasn't given that, uh, you know, courtesy to give them that time. Well, Council I'm President, they will listen. So I was going to say, Council President Morad, you brought up something that I didn't, I didn't really think about, and you know, I'm picturing November first comes along. They've got to pull all this inventory off the shelf, and they're either stuck with it or they can return it to the distributor or what it might be. But you're talking about them putting it on sale, and all I'm thinking is, is if the public knows that you know November first is going to be the last day to buy those, and they're on sale for you know fifty, seventy five percent off, and you're able to walk in there and get a, a, a nip for a quarter. Like that, you're setting up a pretty dangerous situation for people to be able to go in and get very, very cheap alcohol, uh, buy a lot of it at one time, and then take it out into the street in a way that they could easily consume it without anybody realizing. Yeah, absolutely. And again, um, you know, the the problem is that the liquor store owners they can't give it back to the distributor. You know, so they're going to have to do something with it. And you know, I don't know that they're allowed to resell that liquor bottle. Uh, to a you know a liquor store in the surrounding community, I don't. I think they're prohibited from doing that. Mm -hmm. So you know they, they they're going to have to make some tough decisions if November first stands, you know stands, and the, what they're going to have to do is dispose of it. I doubt any of them would. Well, maybe they would. I don't know. You know, get a quarter and a dollar for it. But hopefully, we don't get to that point. Uh, hopefully, you know, this hearing on the twenty fifth, which I know they will all be all the uh, liquor store retailers and. Many of the distributors, they'll be there. Um, they'll have an opportunity to speak, and hopefully the licensing board will amend that date. Well, another another uh, topic that has generated a lot of discussion in the city is the housing crisis. And, and Councillor Burgo, I know that you uh, held another affordable housing committee meeting this week. And from what I understand, this, this meeting was very, very productive and very informative. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we started off the hearing with um, Paul Chase, 
uh, who is the CEO of the Realtors Association of Southeastern Massachusetts. Um, he presented a slide uh, with their talking points and their concerns for why they believe, you know, rent stabilization is rent control and why that's dangerous for our community. And, and I was very thankful. I want, you know, I want to thank again uh, Paul Chase, and I know his son uh, Trevor was there as well. Um, you know, I really want to be able to work with them. I, I've said this many times before that I welcome the opposition because that's how we'll be able to formulate something that is equitable for everyone. Um, you know, an invitation did go out to the Landlords Association. Uh, a representative uh, from their uh, organization didn't come to present anything, but I'm sure, uh, you know, we, we have extended the written testimony period of it uh, for the next 30 days. Um, so if I can, I just want to remind everyone, if you'd like to send any remarks uh, regarding rent stabilization and whether you're for or against it, um, please send written testimony to our email address, which is AFF housing. So that's A as in Apple, F as in Frank, F as in Frank, housing. So AFF housing at New Bedford dash MA period gov. And that's GOV. So again, AFF housing at New Bedford dash MA dot gov. Um, and, and the council will receive that. I'm not sure if we'll have any more uh, actual public hearings within the council chamber. Um, you know, this is the third one that we've had. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, the, one of the main reasons why I felt the ballot question was so necessary is you have a lot of people in New Bedford, uh, the majority of New Bedford that are renters, uh, that I'm sure have an opinion on this, uh, but some of them have voiced that they're, you know, afraid of retaliation. They don't want to go up there and say their name and address for the record, uh, which is a requirement uh, of the council when you have a public hearing. Um, and, they, you know, so they're worried in some cases of the, as people put it, the unintended consequences of being in support of something like this. Their landlord might, you know, uh, be upset about it and they don't want to have any issues or concerns. Um, but so we're going to have to try to move forward and hopefully we'll get some more uh, testimonies from the email address. But other than that, a lot of the people that did come speak that day that, you know, were very brave. Uh, there was one individual who came up and she didn't have an address because she's currently unhoused. Um, and, you know, she, she mentioned she had seven children. So she, she works, she works, I believe, with around 70 hours a week at $18 an hour, so more than the minimum wage. But we know that the minimum wage here in Massachusetts is not enough to sustain a living here, even when you work over 40 hours a week. Um, so she's in a situation where she's trying to find, or, you know, her children are couch hopping or living with other individuals, which we know the face of homelessness here in New Bedford is a child. Uh, that is the largest group uh, in New Bedford that is unhoused. Um, so this is, you know, it was very powerful to hear, uh, you know, from her and from other residents. Uh, so we know that there really is, you know, as you know, there is a housing crisis. And I, and I agree with, you know, uh, Paul Chase and the mayor in, in regards to the fact that one of the best ways to solve the housing crisis is by building more housing. But the problem with that logic is of only focusing on that is it takes years to build, as we know, it takes years. So what do you say to the senior citizen on a fixed income or this single parent I just talked about who's living in her car while her kids are couch shopping that, hey, you just got to wait a few more years and then we'll find you something. Um, you know, so we, we want to, the idea behind rent stabilization, again, is not to solve the housing crisis. I want to reiterate that because that always comes back around that, you know, this isn't going to solve anything. 
you're right. It's not going to solve our housing crisis. We need to build more inventory. But in the meantime, these people are being priced out of their homes. They're being forced out. And where can they go? If you get priced out of New Bedford, there is nowhere else to go other than the street. Um, so this is where uh, this work comes from. This is where the drive comes from to really fight to see what we can do to help uh, the, those in our community that are struggling. And Council President yeah, Moore, and, um, I, just, I was going to say your thoughts on the, on, on the meeting and the discussion. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Paul Chase's presentation talked about the fact that this is a regional problem. You know, there mm -hmm. has to be some um, some ability to make sure that it's not just New Bedford, but the surrounding towns as well in the South Coast area and throughout the state, uh, you know, are taking this issue seriously and are actually trying to increase the housing stock. Um, you know, there's, it's just not New Bedford where this issue is, is, is a problem. And, you know, we're, we're competing, we're having people come to New Bedford because it is a livable, affordable community. And they're, you know, able to pay the prices that the uh, new landlords are, are asking for the properties. And they're basically displacing New Bedford residents um, who are, uh, you know, who are looking for housing. And, you know, Paul Chase was very frank in saying, look, it's not a train issue. I'm so glad to hear that. It's not a train issue. Uh, you know, this is a crisis over the fact that we don't have enough units. And there are uh, some people who are vying for these units who, for some reason, have the ability or want to pay these more exorbitant prices. And that's putting our residents or people who live in the city uh, on the street. And for me, that's an issue. That's why I supported the, you know, I, I'm, I'm a free economy type of person. I believe in competitive business, but that's why I supported Council Burgo when he originally put this item out. Uh, I, you know, the ballot question would have definitely generated a lot of conversation. The fact that we're holding these housing um, meetings and that people in the media are addressing it as well. Uh, the conversation is there, but we need more than talk. We need action. Well, speaking of talk, uh, before we run out of time here, uh, there will be a lot of talk happening this week because there's going to be some candidate forums that are being held uh, with the Mayor's Youth Council on Monday and the Gome School Neighborhood Association on Tuesday. So I'm assuming that you'll both be taking part in, in, those, uh, in those candidates' nights. Yes, I, I believe we will both be there. Uh, yes, I, I will. Yep. The Mayor's Youth Council is Monday night. Um, the location has recently changed. Uh, it will now be held at the Brooklawn Senior Center, and it begins at 5 o'clock. It's scheduled from 5 to 7, and it is the counselor-at-large candidate. And then the Gomes uh, Neighborhood Association, that will be held on Tuesday at the Gomes School. That begins at 6. Um, at, at right now, it's scheduled to begin with a presentation by uh, Election Commissioner Manny DeBrito, followed by a forum for the mayoral candidates followed by the at-larges, the ward counselors, and then any of the uh, uncontested candidates that are in attendance will be allowed to make a statement regarding, you know, their positions and what they've done over the last uh, term in, in office. So it sounds like there should be a lot of information out there for the voters and people can get out there and, uh, and, and get all of their questions answered ahead of the November 7th election. So we're out of time, counselors. I want to thank you both for joining me, and, uh, and I hope that you both get out there and enjoy this beautiful day. It looks like it's going to be a, a nice weekend, finally. We'll see, Tim. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we're being no, superstitious. Mike, 
<laughs> my theory is that weathermen get paid no matter whether they're right or wrong. So we'll see what happens. That's true. Weathermen and, and baseball players, the only people who can get paid so much to produce so little. So, all right. Thank you both. You have a great weekend, and we will talk soon. Thanks, all right. Sam, you too. Thank you. And that is New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and, and Councilor at Large Shane Burgo. Next week, we'll be joined by Councilor at Large Brian Gomes along with Council President Morad. Right now, though, I do have to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Oh, and by the way, here's your first code to try to win Trump's money on this, the final day of that con. Yeah. All right, and now it is time to go into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day with Ariel Dorsey. Law enforcement officials across the U.S. are on alert after a former Hamas chief called for a global day of Jihad Day. Pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian marchers have clashed in cities across the country since the war broke out between Israel and Hamas last Saturday. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Palestinian president today to discuss Israel's war with militant group Hamas. The two leaders met in Amman, Jordan, where Blinken also met King Abdullah. Later, Blinken heads to Qatar to discuss the conflict with the country's prime minister. Steve Scalise is withdrawing from the race to become the next Speaker of the House. The Louisiana congressman announced at a conference meeting Thursday night he would be pulling out of the race following a day full of meetings with fellow Republicans. It appeared unlikely he would get the 217 members of his own party to vote for him on the floor. Leaders in New York City are pushing to suspend the city's right to shelter policy as the immigration crisis grows. The law says anyone in New York City can access guaranteed shelter. There are more than 60,000 migrants in New York City shelters. The opening bell rings this morning after stocks closed lower on Wall Street Thursday. This comes after the release of last month's consumer price index. It showed an increase of 0.4% in September and 3.7% year over year. And soccer star Lionel Messi came off the bench in the second half as Argentina defeated Paraguay 1-0 in a World Cup qualifying match Thursday night. Argentina took the lead early and Messi, who's been recovering from a leg injury, played a lively 40 minutes after intermission. In sports, a crucial member of the Patriots defense made an appearance on Thursday's injury report. Safety Kyle Duggar was listed as limited in practice due to a foot injury, but the severity of the injury is unknown. New England is now currently last in the AFC East at 1-4 and four and will visit the Las Vegas Raiders Sunday afternoon at Allegiant Stadium. And the Bruins will be looking to build off the momentum off their first game. After topping the Chicago Blackhawks 3-1 in its season opener, Boston is playing host to the Nashville Predators tomorrow night at TD Garden. And details for the recent contract signed by the Celtics' leading scorer in the preseason have been revealed. After agreeing to a four-year, $30 million deal, guard Peyton Pritchard will make a little over $6.6 million in year one, $7.2 million in year two, $7.7 million in year three, and $8.3 million in the fourth year. Boston continues its exhibition schedule when it hosts the New York Knicks Tuesday night at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. 
Happy Friday, everybody! Starting out the morning with mostly clear skies, temperatures on the cool side, plenty of sunshine for today. Those cool temperatures will remain seasonable, however, in the mid 60s. Breezy this afternoon, overnight the winds will subside. Clear and dry temperatures falling into the 30s and 40s. Weekend mainly dry and seasonable. Sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. And I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show. On 1420 WBSM. If you woke up this morning feeling like, well, you weren't really riding like the wind, maybe like you were riding a horse without a saddle, maybe it's time to get your mattress replaced. Maybe it's time to visit Whirly Beds and get a Whirly Beds mattress because not only do they make them right here in the USA, they make them right here in New Bedford. They make them right there behind the showroom on Pope's Island in New Bedford. They can help you find a mattress that is crafted to fit your body, your contours, your needs. And you can get these great cooling mattresses that they have that keep you warm when it gets chilly. But then also when your body starts to get warm, releases some of that heat to keep you cool. That's just one of the many types of mattresses that they offer there. They also have organic mattresses. So you don't have to worry about getting anything in there that's going to cause you any uh, stuffiness or any kind of... um, any kind of reaction to what's in the mattress. They can also work with you not only for the mattress of your needs, but also to get everything else, the pillows that will help you sleep the best. See, people think that the mattress is the main thing, and it is the main thing, but it's not the only thing that comes to giving you comfortable sleep. The right pillow also makes a difference as well, and Whirly Beds can help you with that too. So just stop on by their showroom. It's located on Pope's Island in New Bedford. Talk with Patrick and Martha and the rest of the Whirly team, and they will make sure they will give you that time and dedication to getting you the perfect night's sleep. And that means you'll be ready to wake up and listen to me in the morning, and you won't want to call in and argue and fight about anything. You'll just wake up in a nice, peaceful, serene mood, and he'll say, Tim, thank you for telling me about Whirly Beds because I get the best night's sleep ever now. Check them out again, Pope's Island in New Bedford, or visit them online at whirlybeds.com. Let's go back now to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, boy. How are you? Hi, how you doing? All right. So, like I was telling you about, like, I guess uh, the person that was, um, they, he was, was paid a million dollars to bump off bump off uh, Tupac, but the point of was the guy who's who's in jail didn't get paid for didn't get his part of the money. He'd get any money of it. 
Oh. So he was on that. He was on that did it, and so that would. So since he's in jail, that would put. That would make if, if he was gotten money. That would make uh, uh, Puff Daddy. The, uh, uh, in, he would be in jail too for uh, for uh, excess for uh, for seeking. You know, trying to hire someone to bump him off. So that's that's his luck. That's that's his. But let's see if they're going to try to work away, their way around that and put them in together, because that's 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 really uh, wrong. That's the nice thing I can say about that uh, this morning. And um, let me let me say one thing. I was telling my my two older children, when they were when they were young ch- children, little girls. I said I would be very proud if you guys bought home Forrest Gump for son-in-law. You know, Forrest Gump, he loved this country. He respected his country. He loved his mother, and he loved God. Like I said, and plus, when he got he uh, when um, when he fought in somebody's house, he apologized for fighting their, their the Black Panther Party, and um, and he played, he donated all that that money to colleges to better 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 the, the fishing area and stuff like that, and, and the, down in the bayou, and then plus he helped build churches. Like I said, and and personally, like and, and he's like and, and he respected his. his Respect to Jenny. You saw somebody put their hands on Jenny. He, he put he put them in check. He, he put them down. That's what it's supposed to be. And a lot of people don't appreciate the traditional kind of thing. And seeing and that's what if people say, oh, I want a traditional man, but how many of them are traditional women? You know, they're, they're completely different than which they should be. Yeah, I think and, people have different approaches to how they want to be in a relationship, and they get to find the person that that fits that you know that uh, that uh, design that they have for what it should be. And when you see that, now think about that. You, uh, for, like, like I said, Forrest Gump is a, is a great, is somebody to be very proud of to have his relative or as a son-in-law. You, but, you know, it's like, you know, he might be quite simple, not like simple like Jack, but on that same kind of simple, you know. And it's like, that's, to me, I think that that's sad because that, but then again, it might take somebody to be like that, to understand and appreciate the world. And, and just think where he comes from, his, his, uh, his, his cousin, Nathan Bedford Forrest, was the guy that uh, that's, that uh, that did that. You know what Jacob Pillow Jacob Pillow is from a uh, from Civil War. You know what happened there? Uh, I don't think I'm familiar. I mean, I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I do have to point out, Lamone, that uh, Forrest Gump was a fictional character, or so they say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to hold you there because I got some other callers. This real quick, and you you hear this, Nathan Bedford. Force. He was the guy that said um, there was a, a, a white guy that was uh, the, the leader of the black the black regiment and the, the the you know the Union soldiers. So he said he, they all they all surrendered. He says put them all down, take them all down, and they took it and buried the the, soldier, the, the, the white soldier with his, his colored troops. And his father said leave him with his troops where he belongs. He belongs to the troops. There you go. He, yeah. he was one that had them all killed off. Just because of him, and so that comes from so something horrid like that to a man that has his very best friend was was a black guy. And are you doing this show this weekend? Uh, I'm not sure. I have an event tonight, so if I'm feeling up to it, we'll we'll try and get in and do it. I got to get something in before Halloween, so we'll we'll try and get one in. I got to just hold you there because the phone lines what are lighting candy? up, Lamone. What kind of candy are you giving away? Uh, I don't know that I'll be because uh, I got stuff going on on Halloween night. I don't know that I'll be home. Oh, rat. But I, I no, I won't be giving away rats. But if I oh. no, maybe maybe small small mice. 
Okay, that's All right. Good. You have a good or, weekend. Or Vivo like Bobby Heenan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got a hold you there, LeBone. You have a good one. Have a God. God bless the weekend. And you you and as well. Lord smile upon all y'all. Take care. All right, let's go uh, to this line here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. Good morning. Anyway, um, talking about men, I heard on Syndicate, I believe the book is called American Man. I'm not, yeah, yeah I'm not familiar. And it's a new book out, but they, they recommend that men and women should read it. It's about how men should really be, how they were and how they changed and how they should be. In fact, I'm going to get it. I forget who the author is. I don't, uh, see, I don't agree. I think people can be however they want to be. It, you know, Not everything works for everybody's personality type. I know, but, you know, you, like you're talking about, you know, when men used to open up the car doors for women. And, well, I think anybody should open a door for somebody else. Uh, I know, but I think it should go back that way myself. Gentlemen are hard to find. I mean, I hold the door open for anybody that's coming up behind me, whether it be a man or a woman or anyone. I know, but when you're going on a date. <laughs> but no, some, some people don't want that. I've, I've held the door open for women before who have said, I can get my own door, thank you. Well, they're libbers, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, um, like I said, a, everybody's got their own personality type. I'm going to read it anyway because it sounds pretty good. Sure. Um, I forgot the author's name, though. Anyway, um... I can't believe um, that um, Linda Morad said the roads are going to be fixed. The, so in that um, in that plan that that got approved, there's three million dollars in that for the road repairs. Yeah, but the but the mayor said that it's like a million dollars to do not even a whole road. Well, so this is this is an addition to the money that they get from the state to be able to do it. So the $3 million isn't all the money they'll have to invest. It's just how much the city is taking out of its own, which is something that the city didn't do for a long time. It didn't take money out of its own coffers for roads, and it depended on all that Chapter 90 funding from the state. Now they're going to be kicking in some money every year under the, under the budget to be able to take some New Bedford taxpayer dollars and put that into the roads. They should have been doing it a long time ago. But anyway... Yeah. No, um, I, think, I think they'd all agree with you on that, too. Oh, it's horrendous. But, you know, I was in the van, the Serta, the Mammoth Swamp yesterday, and he was going over, and it was so bumpy, it's killing my back. He says, well, you've got to call them on the city on that. I says, well, I do, but you've got to call because one voice doesn't echo very loud. Yeah, you know, that is that true. People would call in, you know, to the mayor and say something out of the council, then it would get done, right? Yeah, I mean, well, and really, it would come down to the people that are in charge of the roads, the DPI folks, who decide what gets done in what order. As, as the mayor said, they have that formula of what, what happens and which roads go first and all of that. But, you know, maybe get them involved and have them see how bad that it is, and maybe they'll move it up in the priority list. Tim, but another thing, though, they need to bring this up, how they plow. I'm not the first one that's ever said it. They they dig up the roads after with the plow. I think they that's... Have I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing people try to, you know, they're, they're, they're waiting for at least three inches to be on the ground before they plow because they know that they're doing damage to the roads if they get out there with, you know, you'll see more uh, sand trucks than you will salt trucks because the salt was eating away the roads. Uh-huh. Oh, well, now they use that chemical creation there that doesn't affect it as much. So anyway, I was listening to your commercials. They're getting very creative, very good. And um, uh, Willie Beds is one of the one of the last um, mom and pop type businesses to stay around. Huh? Yeah, yeah, they really are a family there. All right, I do I do have to hold you there because I got to take a break. 
But I hope that you you. have a great weekend. weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Callers, hang on. We will get to you, but I got to take that break right now. We'll be back in just a few moments. And welcome back in. It's time to check in with Eric over at the butcher shop. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Tim? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. What's what's happening over there today? What are you cooking up? Um, Nothing, man. I'm cooking a lot of stuff. Today's a fish day. Friday's a fish day. So we got a lot of, like, fried smelts, some fried fish, like, uh, not fish and chip. But it's like a, it's a scrot. It's a nice piece, very tasty, sweet, mm. nice stuff. That sounds and smelts are, are delicious. Are they very popular over there? A lot of folks still coming in and getting smelts. Oh yeah, today's a smelt. They smell in sardines. A lot of people go for those. Yeah, it's old. It's some old school stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's it's also comfort food for a lot of people too. Yeah, yep. You're right about them. And what what else you have for folks to come on oh, by and I get? Got today? nice tomahawks today. I got nice uh, celebrity pork chops. I got chuck roast. I got nice baby back ribs. I got nice stuff, man. Real nice stuff. Yeah, I got all your pork. I got stuff to smoke if you want. I got goat. I got uh, short ribs. I got plenty. I got nice Delmonico's, too. I'm looking at them right now. They're real nice. Ooh, well marbled, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, that's the good stuff right there. And, of course, people can come down and they can get not only all of that great meat and all those great foods, but everything else they need to prepare dinner. Yeah, man. I got wine to pair up anything. I got wine to pair with fish, with with meat, with everything. I got white, red, ports, all of it. And some of that is perfect for a nice fall day like today, right? Yeah, yeah, nice day, man. All right, so I got to ask you, I ask you every week, what are you cooking up this weekend for yourself? Uh, dude, honestly, man, last couple of days I've been eating Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see it all the time. You might not be hungry for it, you know? Yeah, dude, today I'm going to have like some nice stuffed chicken breast or something. I don't know. There you go. That's cool. All right. Well, if people want to come by and get it, they can get it at the Butcher Shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Everything from steaks to soccer balls. Stop by and talk to Eric, and he'll uh, he'll tell you all about the best ways to prepare whatever it is that you're picking up. Yeah, you got it, man. All right. You have a good weekend. Yeah, I'll talk to you. And uh, if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. But I do have to take one final break. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right. Welcome back in. Say, I want to let you know, before I let you go for the weekend you got to really protect yourself. We talked about health insurance earlier with the Mass Health Connector, but now we want to talk to you about insuring everything else in your life, your automobile, your home, all kinds of other things that you need to have insurance. And the people to trust, the name that you can trust, is Paul and Dixon. They were founded in 1852. They're located on County Street in the William Roach Rodman House, and they have been doing this for decades. They are the people that you can trust. They work with reputable insurance companies like Arbella Insurance and many others as well. They actually work with over 30 carriers, the largest selection of insurance carriers in the region. So if you are a local resident, you want to talk to local people who can help you insure against local problems. That's why you want to reach out to Paul and Dixon. They do the shopping for you to make sure that you get the right insurance at the right price. If you want to stop by and talk to them, it's 388 County Street in New Bedford. If you want to call them, it's 508-996-8593. And if you want to visit them online, which is the easiest way to remember, pd-ins.com. That's PD for Paul and Dixon, dash INS for insurance, pd-ins.com. Paul and Dixon Insurance, a name that you can trust. Let's try to squeeze in a quick call here before we run out of time. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, good morning, Tim. How's it going? Good. How are you? Hey, I wanted to talk about the affordable housing because I believe you brought it up that it's a regional issue, correct? I didn't bring it up. The counselors did, but yes, it is a regional issue. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Let me give you an example. Rents are all in perspective, right? So rents down here might be expensive to someone who lives in New Bedford, but somebody who comes from Boston, for example, they they move down here for cheap rent. Regardless if we put a cap or what uh, or anything, what is going to stop the people from Boston from coming down here and paying those rents? Um, which is going to push out New Bedford residents anyway. And here's the thing is they said, uh, uh, somebody also mentioned that, you know, New Bedford is the cheapest. So once they get priced out of New Bedford, they have nowhere to go, correct? So it's like, my question is, what is going to stop the people from Boston coming to New Bedford and pricing people or pushing people out anyway because they're paying three grand. Even if we capped at two grand, that's still a savings of a thousand dollars. Right. And that and so that was part of the concern is, you know, the, the, the folks who are not local landlords are going to be looking for those people. So these corporations that are coming in and buying places will gladly take those Boston folks. Whereas if you can keep it kind of local ownership, then they might put a priority on New Bedford residents, New Bedford citizens. Yeah. And the reason why I'm calling, for example, yesterday, I just renewed my insurance. I got about 20 seconds, just so you know. Yep. 2019, my insurance rates were 1357. I just paid 2547. Ooh. It's almost double. So, like, I I, uh, I understand the. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.